Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Young Hafe Holmes. Ah. Uh. So scary, won't let them bury me oh. That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like carry And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money Uh-huh, these niggas hilarious Alright, welcome back to Don V Fridays Living it up, man, living this Virginia life I'm loving life, man Drift, how you living, my boy? Doing good, bro, I just got a new mic So uh, hopefully it sounds a little better for everyone But I'm um, super pumped for this episode We got a huge guest, so Vito, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, man, we got a very, very, very special guest in the building, man. Um, from from North Virginia, correct? Yes, sir. North, North Virginia in the building, DMV. I lived in uh, PG County, Maryland, for eight years, so I'm kind of familiar with the North Virginia side. Uh, introduce yourself to the good, good people, the fans of Don't Be Freddy. What's good, y'all? I now go by Kuma the Jeweler. But it's Eric Kuma, former wide receiver from Virginia Tech. Kuma the jeweler. We see you buzzing, too. We see you buzzing, my brother. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we see you on the rise, my brother. But uh, uh, before we get started, man, I, when I watch Tech, I, I, I've been a Virginia Tech fan like 80% of my life. I won't say my whole life. But um, every time they threw the ball up to you, you had that. Fuck, fuck, fuck it. I'm taking that bitch. Oh, oh. I loved watching you play because you had a, you had a different, you was different out there. I'm going to just say you was different out there. You was the, Nothing about your game was soft. <laughs> like. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, you was, uh, this, I'm a fan for real. I'm, I'm fanboying out, but um, we'll get into all of that. Uh, before we get started, uh, episode of Don V Friday's Spotify Green Room. It's a live only or only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. Talk to fans, athletes, insiders. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news. Uh, you can join ongoing conversations. You can start your own conversations. Um, it's, it's rooms going on every week, <laughs> every day. Uh, link your profile, your Twitter, join leagues. All you need to do is join the Spotify Green Room app for free on the iOS app store and shout out to and shout out to our guy joe rogers man we got fluid when you move solid when they try to stop you stop twisted and sprained ankles before they happen eliminate shock and deflect force double o block 
OO block is a nanotechnology enhanced smart material that instantly shifts between flexible and hard. At rest, OO block tape remains flexible for maximum range of motion. But with force, like sudden twists or impacts, OO block tape stiffens like a brace, delivering two times the shock protection and 10 times the force deflection of regular athletic tape, OO block. Shout out to our guy, Joe Rogers, man. Get that get that tape, man. Football season's shit. Two weeks, nine, 10 days for some folks, man. All my athletes out there, OO block. Get that tape. We got Eric Kuma on. Before we get into your Virginia Tech clan career, you from Northern Virginia. Exactly where in Northern Virginia you from for the people out there? Manassas, Virginia. Manassas, Virginia. Uh home of little sweetness, Ryan Williams. Shout out Ru, a legend. Yeah. Um a lot of a lot of ballers come out came out of Manassas from Manassas yourself. You got Ryan Williams, a legend. Um, I think the Strowman brothers come from Manassas, correct? Yeah, Tim Saddle, Reggie Floyd. A lot of legends out there, Manassas, out, out of Manassas. Um, when I think North Virginia, and I think, like, the only places where I would feel comfortable in North Virginia would probably be areas like Woodbridge, Manassas, uh, Alexandria. So once people start talking Loudoun County and all that other crazy shit, uh, parts of Fairfax and all that, I want no parts. But... um. In your recruiting process, obviously you ended up at Virginia Tech, but who, where else could you have went if not Virginia Tech? I was looking at Kentucky, Tennessee, Miami, and Maryland. NC State was up there too. I almost went there for real, for real. So what, what made the, what made yeah. what made you not choose Miami? Because I'm pretty. <laughs> uh, at that time being. I was more focused on football than I was on having fun. Okay. And I knew the type of person I was that if I went to Miami, <laughs> probably wouldn't have played football for that much longer. So I just wanted to get football shot. So I needed to focus in and Miami was not the place for me to focus. Gotcha. Were you, uh, were you a tech fan growing up or how did that end up happening? What's crazy is I was actually a West Virginia fan growing up. So my my grandparents live in West Virginia. They got a big farm. And every summer as a kid, I go up there and spend my whole summer there with them. So I kind of grew up with, like, all the West Virginia Mountaineer fans and stuff like that. But that was, like, one of the only schools that never offered me. So that, like, completely threw me off because like my whole life growing up, I was West Virginia, West Virginia, West Virginia. I got to high school. The coach probably talked to me, like, one time. So Wow. Yeah, and your offer sheet was pretty big, too, compared to a lot of tech recruits. So that's kind of surprising that they didn't offer you. Yeah, it, it was them them and Penn State. They was playing with me, and I was like, whatever. But did you get a Penn State offer when you transferred? <laughs> yeah. So it was funny. Like, when I transferred out of tech, I got an offer from Penn State. So as soon as I called my mom and I told her that, she was like, why now? And I was like, I was sitting there thinking, like, what you mean by that? But then we thought back to high school. They kept coming to my school saying they wanted me, but they weren't going to pull the trigger yet on that offer. And they just kept playing with me, kept playing with me, kept playing with me, and then eventually ghosted me. And then after I went to Tech for those three years and did my thing, 
came back around. They ended up wanting me really bad, calling me every day, blowing my phone up. So I just did to them what they did to me in high school. Yeah, <laughs> hey, got ghosts. And it's a good thing you got ghosts, because they had weirdos like Michael Parsons. He, he was allegedly putting his dick between people's butt cheeks and doing all kinds of wild shit. So it might have been a good thing you avoided that situation. That, that, that did sound like a fun time. You came in on the 2016 class, which had Gerard Evans, obviously a Juco transfer, Divine Diablo, Reggie Floyd, Phil Patterson, Josh Jackson. That was a star-studded class, man. That's one of the last star-studded classes we've had, to be honest. Um, what was it like coming in with that class? Yeah, I know you was a recruited by the former staff, but you was one of the first staff that came in under Justin Fuente. What was that like coming in with them boys? It was a special class just because it was it was Beamer's last recruiting class. So I felt like mm-hmm. that put a little chip on some of our – so I mean, obviously, Fu added some recruits like Gerard and them, but a lot mm-hmm. of us in high school, we knew we were Beamer's last recruiting class, and we didn't know how much longer Bud was going to be there. So it was just like that was a special moment for us. But we definitely had some special guys in that class. We had a lot of time. Like, we had Beckett as well. He, uh, he ended up making it through all the way with us. But Shout out to Vontae Beckett. He he's by far one of the best linebackers I've ever seen. It's just sad what happened with him. But yeah, our class we were special. Who are you closest with in your class coming in? Uh, so I was an early enrollee. So me and Diablo we were roommates, and then um, our suite was me, Diablo, Sam Demart, and Josh Jackson. Okay. Did you talk to Reggie at all? Because he was from Manassas oh. too. Oh yeah, me and Reggie we was cool ever since. Like football like in high school and stuff like that he came to my signing day he was at my crib like me and reggie always have been cool um at tech and like he obviously didn't early enroll he came summer so he was with his guys still in the dorms by then i was already moved out of the dorms but we never fell off we weren't just like best friends in college just because we came at different times on different sides of the ball doing other stuff you know what i'm saying right what kind of went into the thought process of uh early enrolling uh, I wanted to. I just wanted to get in and learn the system, and learn from the people that were above me. So I knew Isaiah Ford wasn't going to be there that much longer. Obviously, he went, came back from a thousand yard season. His goal was to get a thousand and leave, and he did that. And then having the opportunity to learn behind him, Cam and Buck, was just going to be a huge opportunity and would put me in a better position early in rolling than while they wait until the summer. Okay. Did you see yeah. like? How is the staff different from like Beamer recruiting you to how, when you got there? And like, obviously, it's Fuente's regime. Like, was there a difference that you saw immediately, or did it take time for you to see the difference? Oh, I didn't really see a difference just because Zahn was recruiting me. Like, Zahn and Bud were recruiting me. And so when I got there, them two were still there. So I didn't really see how much of a difference. It's just Zahn moved to the running back coach. And obviously, Bud was on defense and I played receiver. So. Okay. Shout out, shout out, Zon Burton, a legend in that seven five seven. Yeah, he a real one. You brought up, you brought up, uh, Bucky Hodges, Cam Phillips, Isaiah Ford, and that is statistically and anybody with a brain, Tech's best receiving group of all time. Some people would say, uh, Danny Cole, Jerry Boykin, and uh, Darrell Roberts, that crew. Some people would say. Uh, Josh Harper, um, Eddie Royal and them. But your group, uh, yourself, um, Hezekiah Grimsley, Damon Hazelton, Trey Turner, 
obviously most of y'all left before y'all could complete y'all's uh, eligibility at Tech. But I put I put y'all group up there with the other great Tech receiving groups because under Hallman Wiggins, y'all was a nasty receiving group, one of the most underrated receiving groups in the country. Um, what was it like playing for a legend like Hallman Wiggins? Obviously, Alabama rules the world. Uh, what was that like? It was a blessing playing under Coach Wiggs. And I say that because he taught me, like, so much more to life outside of football. And I felt like that's why so many players were, like, happy to play under him. Um, like, when I first got to Tech, me and him used to butt heads. And, like, we, it was obviously he, he didn't really like me when I first got to Tech. And I really wasn't a big fan of him being an early enrollee out of high school, everything being new to me, dealing with the off-the-field stuff that I had to deal with. So, it was like we were butting heads at first, and then we ended up figuring each other out. Like, he he got his time to know his players, and he did that with everybody because he knew people reacted different ways to certain different things. So I feel like that was one of his best traits as a coach. He know when to mess with somebody like one night, and you got to know the same with him. You feel me? So playing with him, he was just, he was just a great coach, and it taught me a lot in those three years. Yeah, shout out, shout out, Harmon Wiggins. Um, uh, if if those those underwear have been sleeping under a rock, uh, after he left Tech, he went to Bama and coached basically every number one receiver pick in it for the next two three drafts with Judy and Rugs and y'all know the motherfuckers from Bama, man. They got more coming, Matchy and Waddle Smith. <laughs> yeah, shout out Harmon Wiggins, man. Um. Boy got a Heisman Trophy when I received a Heisman yeah. Trophy when they hadn't done that shit since like what like Tim Brown or somebody. Uh, you Michigan, boy, did, right? My, my my dog from Michigan. Uh, the return man, I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, I, Desmond, Desmond I, Howard. Uh, shout out Hallman Wiggins. Um, I was talking about that group. Obviously, you, Damon Hazelton, Hezzy, Sean Savoy. Can't forget him. Phil Patterson. And yourself, what? Because you know better than everybody. Why nobody outside of, I guess, Trey Turner is a senior this year, completed their eligibility at receiver? You're talking about four or five. All like y'all were dogs. Like we ain't talking about no bum ad, like bums. We're talking about starters, dogs. Why nobody stayed? Like, Say, there's one name why nobody stayed, and that name Brad Cornelson. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep it a hundred at all times. That's how I always am. All my teammates, all my friends can say this. They'll co-sign with me, even the former teammates that don't like. Me. On the offensive side of the ball, you prepping for games. And you sit there and you tell your receivers you're going to make these calls and you got all your receivers running all these routes. Promising up and down it's going to get called in the game, telling them you believe in them, doing this and that. And then when it comes to the game, you're subbing them out, you're not making that call, you're not putting no trust in your receivers on third and 12, you're running a quarterback draw, that messes up your whole receiving core mentally. Because now you got your players questioning Hey man, it's third and ten right now. Why are we calling one twelve instead of throwing that out route? And if it's pressed, we convert and go over the top to Kuma or Dane. Why are we not calling that? 
So everybody's wondering that. Everybody's starting to question their own abilities. And it was really starting, like, there was a lot of receivers in that room They really messed their mental up. Yeah, and when you say you you and Damon Hazleton, that's literally the quarterback, whoever it is, can throw it up to y'all. Y'all are those type yeah. receivers where y'all gonna y'all gonna moss something. Right. Uh, even even if it's contested, y'all mossing something. So 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 that was so that Brad was that, that was my biggest thing. And I saw like I remember after the games and stuff, you know, all the players get on Twitter, they look stuff up, they questioning things. And I think what sucks, and I, I know a lot of people got strong opinions on them, but a lot of people that judge him wrong, they judge foo wrong. So a lot of people blame foo. And I get I look at the social media and I see why they blame foo because he the head coach. But if you mm. think about what the head coach is actually supposed to do, you know what I'm saying? He's not supposed to call the plays. He he's orchestrating everything else. You know what I'm saying? He has to take all the backlash. He gotta eat, you know what I'm saying? He gets cherished or he gets hated. Right. right. So a lot of times foo gets all the blame, but at the end of the day, like my personal opinion. Well, all those people leaving, it won't necessarily his fault. Yeah, he get blamed for everything, but it won't really necessarily his fault. What's his involvement with the offense like? Because, like you say that, and is it is he active in the offense or is it mostly just corn? He is active in the offense. Food's very. I wouldn't say he's very active in the offense, but he is definitely active in the offense. I think he's more active in the offense behind the scenes. I think in that staff meeting, he's helping do the plays, stuff like that. When it comes to on the field, he'll critique you hard. He'll help everybody else, but he more lets the position coach do their job. Okay. But if you mess up, he will chew your ass out, though. Like, that's yeah. Just- and when you when you say that about about the receiving core, you know, you guys were extremely talented. And at, at one point, one of my buddies was a Notre Dame fan, and after you guys played them. He texted me and he was like, yo, your receiving room is fucking nuts. So you guys got some dogs in the receiving core. Uh, but you're right. There was just not enough targets. Uh, I read an article today about you when you were transferring. It was it was a Notre Dame article talking about how they might get you. And one thing that they said was that they didn't think your talents were on full display at Virginia Tech because you weren't getting the amount of volume targets that they thought you should have been getting. Mm-hmm. For sure, and that's why everybody thought when I transferred, they were like, oh, he's leaving because he's like a second option or, oh, he's leaving because he had bad chemistry in the locker room or this and that. But, you know, people are going to talk. They're going to say whatever to try to make them look good. And what Mm -hmm. I can say, Fu did a great job at, and he knows it's not true. He did a good job at letting the media bash the people that was leaving and pointing all the fingers at us. So, so it could look like Tech was on the turnaround. But look right. at the look at the stats. There was no turnaround. So after that happened, it was, oh, we can't really blame the transfer players. Now what's next? Right. One, it thing, was that, one thing. I'll go ahead, Drew. Well, I'll, when you say that, the blaming the transfers, the first thing I think of immediately is that Sports Illustrated article. Uh, mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, I got to ask, like, what did you think when that dropped – uh, and like obviously it was everywhere and people were talking about it. like what was what was your reaction from your perspective on that well, uh, I remember I was with Chris Cunningham uh, that's my homeboy you know what I'm saying we tried out Chris to- Cunningham yeah that's my dog but like when that article dropped we literally were laughing because we were sitting there like yo like they dead ass about to say 
we were the negative people. Because if I, I can recall, when we went to Pitt, when we went to Pitt, 20, it's a 2018 season. The mm. fact that anybody had the nerve to say that I didn't want to play or that I try to lose a game is pathetic because when we went up to Pitt that game, I had a sprained MCL. Went for like three tuds, two tuds, two-point conversion. I was going crazy that game. The very end of that game, I wasn't supposed to be in. I went in the game. I ran a route. A linebacker came out of nowhere. cleared me. Concussion. I'm out for a week. I come back from that. I play the rest of the games. I start. I do my thing. The Marshall game, I break my hand. I come back in the game. I finish that game. The bowl game, I'm wearing a cast. You can see it. If anybody watched film on it, I play that game. I'm pretty sure I was the only receiver to score that game as well. So when I seen people saying, oh, Kuma was trying to lose, Kuma telling people this, telling people that, I was the person that used to come up and get in your face when you playing like shit and tell you about yourself so we can go win. I didn't like losing. So when, when I seen that article come out, me and Chris was just sitting there laughing because we said this season just going to show the truth. Right. Yeah, it's something. It's something about that article that n- never sat right with me. I gotta ask this question: Was it over turkey bacon? Like, was it the turkey bacon was bullshit? Right. Turkey bacon. What? Well, yeah. What you mean? Some about uh, y'all was upset because it wasn't no turkey bacon in the uh being served for breakfast or something uh, like that. I, was, I didn't even see that part. <laughs> I don't even eat turkey bacon. And that's what Yeah, I'm, it was something about y'all was pissed I, off about the about the lack of turkey bacon in the cafeteria or some things. Man, and every teammate at tech know that know me, all the people that know me, I didn't even eat the tech food. Man. That's why I just know they be lying. Pre-game meals, I used to eat just fruit. And anytime after practice, I take to go meals, but everybody know I order PKs every single day. Well, so what the quote from this article it says like it says that the players were asking for like they said that there was a big meeting with the players where everybody like hashed shit out with Fuente or some shit like that. Uh and they said that the players asked for turkey bacon to be served at the dining hall the next week. And that it was served and it made it, it was just, it was weird. So I don't know where that comes from. That whole article is bullshit. And yes. it probably has something to do with that. He'd be writing bullshit too. Andy Bitter? Yeah. Nobody you got probably, Hey, you got Aries ass out? Who? Andy Bitter. You got some you need to his ass? Yeah, he's just a liar. He, he lame. Andy Bitter lame. I don't want to. I don't want to say nothing on the podcast. I shouldn't say, but he. Andy Bitter don't pay us. Ass ass out. <laughs> Andy Bitter, he be he be taking parts of stories and releasing it and not telling the whole thing and just try to make certain tech players look bad that didn't really want to give him the time of day on the stage when he would ask questions. So like. Any player that was there when I was there, I don't know if they still hold it down with this, but we just don't respect them. Shout right. out my boy, like my, boy don't. my boy House Don Mook. They know they tell you. We, it just Shout came. House. Yeah, my boy House Don, man. Yeah, man. No, I, I don't know Andy Bitter at all. I know he, uh, I think he no longer with the Roanoke Times or whatever. He, he had to 
athletic or the Atlantic or some shit. But it, hey, if he lying, he lying. Fuck him. Look, we ain't got time to be protecting no lies over here, Don V. Fridays. If he a liar, he a liar. The, the turkey bacon shit was bullshit. Well, I think another negotiation, they said y'all wanted to wear more orange or something. Was that true? That's bullshit. And you know, I can't even believe they saying we had a team meeting like that because we, when I was there, we never had no team meeting or like that addressing anything about food and stuff like that. All I remember before I left is we had a team meeting. And so what a lot of people do not know, junior year, the 2018 season before the bowl game, me and Damon Hazleton was at the MGM at like 11 o'clock at night. Our curfew was at 12. So me and Dame get in the Uber to come home. This is two days before we play Cincinnati. Our driver wipe out his car on the highway. He wipe out, boom, hit the highway, hit the intersection. We get stopped on the highway, bad accident, had to go in the ambulance on the ride home, all that. Me and Dame did. We in the hospital till 6 a.m. So during that accident, my knee was messed up. So boom, my knee was messed up. I told you I was already playing with an MCL sprain pit, all that. My knee was messed up. Didn't heal right, whatever. So we get done through the game, all that. Me and Dame still practice the next morning off no And you're talking about the military bowl in Annapolis, Maryland? Yes. Okay. And y'all was at the MGM at the Washington Harbor? Yeah. Okay. For the fans that don't know. Okay. Okay, keep going. We were Ubering home. Driver lost control. Got in an accident. Got in the ambulance. Had to go to the hospital. Was in the hospital like 6.30. Made it to 7 o'clock meetings. Practice. Played the game. No issues. None of that. So I went home after that and I got my knee checked out. So I get my knee checked out. Boom. All that happens. I end up having a torn meniscus. I come mm. back to school. I tell, yo, I got a torn meniscus. I'm going to get surgery on it. I'm going to get it repaired. Hopefully I'm back in time by spring ball. If I'm not, you know what I'm saying, I'll be back by summer workouts and be ready to go for my senior season. So food comes into the meeting on jumps. He starts going off. Then he starts saying people going home, getting bullshit doctor notes from their doctors, this and that. And he's looking at me while he's hey, So he looking at he like, y'all going home, getting bullshit ass doctor notes, saying y'all hurt, saying y'all can't participate in this and that, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, all right. So he's looking at me. And I already know Coach Wiggs is gone, right? So he, Coach Wiggs already told me he's leaving. So he keeps looking at me by saying this. And then he called out Khalil Ladler and them. And he's like, Khalil, you worked hard this season. You know what I'm saying? Get your get your stuff fixed. Get right. Blah, blah, blah. He called a couple other players out. He don't even say my name. So I'm like, okay. So he clearly talking about me. So I'm like, whatever. Boom. That's when I knew I was out. And I was so, so Fuente basically went on like a, a a subliminal rant. He's talking basically to you. Oh, and he, he's he downplaying. Definitely talking to me. I know for a fact he's talking to me because I told him a week before I was coming back to school what my doctor said and that I was choose I was picking myself with a meniscus. You can choose to get a repair taken out or just try to do rehab. I said I was removing my meniscus from my knee so I didn't have to deal with this issue moving forward. Damn, that's and some it, passive aggressive shit. And Quay said the same thing on our on our podcast a couple weeks ago. He was talking about uh, how he made a mistake in practice and that he just passive aggressively, indirectly called him out at a meeting the same way you just described. But the thing, the thing for me, it was just more like it was more like a respect thing. And everybody thought, oh, he's leaving Tech because he's not getting the ball, all this and that. It was like 
everybody tell you I ride for my teammates. You know what I'm saying? If my if I never there was never no film of me, there was never pulled up of me. Like if my teammates were making plays and doing their thing, I congratulated them. I never had an issue with none of that. But if it come down to third down and five, and we running slant routes, and you got people out there dropping it, and you not putting me in, I'm gonna say something about it because I know I'm gonna make that catch. And so they didn't really like that about me, is because I knew what I could and I couldn't do. I wasn't that fast guy that was going to burn you on a post route. So if you're going to call Dame or Trey on that route, I'm going to go congratulate them and meet them in the end zone. But when we come down in the goal line and it's press coverage and you're not throwing me the fade, then I got an issue with it. Right. Yeah, because whether you had one, two, three, or 17 motherfuckers on you, you catching that bitch. That's one thing we could always say about. Yeah. You had to catch in the, uh, the Camping World Bowl where it was behind you, and you was like, fuck all that. <laughs> Still fuck <laughs> that bitch. No, bro, no, you was a dog for real. Take us through, you stiff on, shout out Quinn Blandon, a legend. Like, don't let these goofies make Quinn seem like he's some type of fucking bum or some shit. You stiff on the shit out of Quinn Blandon, though. What was it like? Like, like take us through that. I, I think it was on the crossing route, and you caught a body. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I don't know Quinn like that, but my teammates did because he from the mm-hmm. 75. We got a bunch of 75 teammates, blah, blah, blah. But, mm-hmm. like, he, he's a player that just don't shut up. So, the okay. whole game, I'm pretty sure I had one catch that game. Maybe two tops. I was not getting the ball at all for whatever reason. But, like, just going through that play, like, he just kept talking, kept talking, kept talking. And I remember telling him, like, I'm going to catch your ass one play. Just give me – I'm going to catch your ass. <laughs> so – that time came and I just put all my power in it, throw his ass in the dirt, and it worked. He ain't like that. <laughs> that play, like even some of your most your biggest haters, like some of the, that it's some people that say Kuma this and Kuma that, they will still celebrate that play against because it's U Tech UVA, obviously, but some of your biggest critics will still show you mad love for that play that 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 highlight is gonna live in tech uva twitter history forever um shout out quinn blandon though a legend i think he coaching over there now um 2018 and we're not gonna make this all about 2018 y'all went into florida state where they had just had willie taggart they were swag surfing and all that was that the craze? Obviously, we won the game. Y'all won the game. Was that the craziest environment you played in, though, uh, Dope Campbell uh, in 2018? Uh, either that or when we went to Miami. That same okay. year, those two games were lit. Like, Florida State was lit. Don't get me wrong. It was lit. But Miami was lit, though. Okay. Miami, Miami, Miami. See, Miami. You had Rick Ross, J Lo, Alex Rodriguez. You know what I'm saying? You had the celebrities in that joint too, and they mm, were like, right. See you out there balling, and you like, oh, Rick Ross out there. You like, oh, I might have to turn up a little bit more. Rick Ross out here. You feel me? So it's mm, like, right. It, but Florida State was definitely like college campus. Florida State was the littest game I went to away wise. When did but, you guys know that Florida State game that you were gonna like that you were for sure whipping their ass like? Because what coming out, it was oh they were sorry because yeah. they, they were sorry because Cleese and Dane popped it off. Yeah, 
when we came out that first possession and Cleese popped it off with that big run, then we get down into the red zone and they call that uh they call the out route convert to a fade on press coverage to Dane and Dane caught that and we scored. I said, Oh yeah, we gotta have fun today. <laughs> well, y'all did. I don't know who the hell you killed on that one play, but <laughs> you killed the fuck out of somebody. I can't remember who it was, but Jesus I, Christ. You talking about on the sideline? Which one? It was on like the the the, the run play that put the game away. Yeah, I you remember fucking that. Murdered shit. somebody blocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um. See, that I was my bro. thing. I took Cherish and blocking because I knew if I couldn't block, I won't go and play. You, def- you definitely, you definitely could block. Your block. Ass off. <laughs> you could definitely block. I, that, that's probably what didn't sit so well with the uh, Sports Illustrated article because I'm like, okay, it's some, it's some people's effort. You probably can question, but y'all questioning Coomer's heart and effort. Like, do y'all watch the games or? And fans but ran that, with the monkey that's the shit. Thing, like, the fan, I could tell. When I transferred and I heard the responses that I heard, I could tell what fans watched the game and what didn't. Because if you look back and you can go to, man, you can go to 2017 if you want. But if you look back to 2017, 2018, and you watch those screens that broke open big, Hezzy's little screen in the bowl game or Dalton King's big screen in the uh, Duke game, you're going to see 83 leading that shit. So they be get subbed around so I can help block for the screen. No teams knew that. Nobody picked up on that because who the hell moves a receiver around for blocking? Right. I used to get moved around for the wide receiver screens, the running back screen, tight end screen. But that's just, you know, the fans that just don't know shit. There's a lot of there's a lot of those fans. Oh yeah. Overwhelmingly, a lot of fans, especially in Tech Twitter. When you talking about Tech Twitter. You're talking about a lot of goofies now. That's exactly. We got to get these motherfuckers they credit for being goofy. A lot of people don't watch the game. They watch the ball. So they ain't thinking about shit else. You got to remember that. And half the time, they be so drunk, they really don't catch shit but when the fans just start screaming. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So before we get before we get into your post-tech career and everything you got going on now, I got to pay some bills. Spotify Green Room, like I said, live audio only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, preseason in a preseason football going on, things of that nature, um, MMA things like that, post game breakdowns, breaking news. It's rooms going on every day, every week. Uh, link your Twitter. Join leagues, groups. You can follow people, be notified, you know, cut notifications on. Um, come with your spiciest takes, man. Spotify, Green Room, iOS App Store. And once again, OO Block Tape. Let me pull this up one more time for my guy, Joe Rogers. Man, shout out Joe Rogers, a legend, a Twitter legend. It's fluid when you move, solid when they try to stop you. Stop twisting and spraying ankles before they happen. Eliminate shock and deflect force. OO Block is nanotechnology enhanced smart material that instantly shifts between flexible and hard. At rest, OO Block tape remains flexible for maximum range of motion, but with force like sudden twist and impact, OO Block tape stiffens like a brace, delivering two times the shock protection and 10 times the force deflection 
of regular athletic tape. We got Eric Kuma, a hokey legend. Fuck what them haters is talking about. You a legend, bro. Don't let them motherfuckers tell you no different. You stamped, you stamped in lane as far as Don V Friday is concerned. Fuck with them fuck with them other people got to say. You transfer. Um we, we spoke on it a little bit early where you said um Penn State had came back into the picture. What were some of your other options when you was in the transfer portal? So when I entered the transfer portal, I had Notre Dame, Penn State, uh, who else I had? Georgia, I had somebody, Georgia, North Texas, Cincinnati, uh, ODU, of course. I had some West Coast schools. But, like, when I was transferring, I was about to go to Georgia. And then, like, the Georgia coach hit me up quick. I was ready to go there. But it was between me and uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Cager. Y'all remember him? He was a big recruit. Yeah, he played at Miami. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he's from Maryland. He's from Maryland originally. Yeah, he's from Baltimore. So, he, um, the Georgia wanted him first. So, I was like, Mm -hmm. man, like, look there. He committed there. So, I was like, all right, I got to find somewhere else to go. So then I was about to go to Pitt because I know Pitt, they just got that new offensive coordinator that came from uh, UMass. He had Andy Isabella. So he was on the phone with me. They had a, uh, I was thinking about going there. My GPA was too low. So I was like, damn, I can't go there. So then I went to Notre Dame. Went up to Notre Dame. Man, Notre Dame is cold and lame. So I got up there. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I can't do this. Like, as soon as I got off the plane from Chicago, you got to ride an hour and a half to South Bend. So that ride sucked. So then once we get into South Bend, it's like nothing. And so then I sat down and was talking to them about classes and stuff. They don't do no online classes, nothing. So I'm like, man, this school hell. Like, I said, I can't do this. So I left Notre Dame. Then I went to Louisville. Louisville was cool. I I was really considering going there. But then I um I ended up talking to ODU, handled some business. We uh we thought it was the best fit for me because they had two thousand yard receivers that left. They had their quarterback coming back at the time, so I felt like that was the best for me. He literally just said hiking through that shit up, and that's what I did best at Tech. Mm-hmm. So I ended up choosing ODU, and then when I choose ODU and I got there, that quarterback that was there ended up deciding he wanted to be a pastor, which I respect that. You know what I'm saying? Go do your thing. Like, that's what you want to do. That's cool. But at least stay for my senior season with me. Like, yeah. I need a quarterback. <laughs> so he Definitely need a quarterback. So he ended up not staying. He ended up going to do his pastor thing and achieving his dreams. I guess I, I mean, him never really got to talk like that. But, you know what I'm saying? I was happy for him. Glad he got to do that. But that's kind of when, like, I knew. Okay. Speaking of ODU in general, uh, going back to the 2018 season, I don't mean to talk about it too much, but I just want to ask, like, what was the locker room like during that ODU game in 2018? Before or after? Uh, You can go both if you want. Uh, Before the game, Trey Savage's homecoming to the 7-5, you know what I'm saying? We lit. Shout out. Shout out Trayvon Hill. Yeah, we, we out there, you know what I'm saying? We lit, happy to be in the 7-5. We think they about to be ass. It's about to be a cakewalk. And they just came out there and was like, yeah, shit's not sweet. 
And when they did that, we had some people fold. And then when J Jack broke his ankle, it was just like, damn, like that's crazy. And then basically when we got them, it was everybody pointing fingers at each other and you know what I'm saying? People want to blame the coaches. Coaches want to say we weren't prepared, we were bullshit, and stuff like that. It was, it was, it like it was the turn of our season because going into that game, we thought we was going to the playoffs. Like we thought we was going X, to the X. And, and and that's what that's what the sad thing about all that was is we let a non-conference game really destroy the success of that whole season based off a few incidents that occurred during that game, like. Yeah, we lost the ODU, but it's a conference USA team, right? We still got all our ACC play left. Nobody give a damn about ODU, you know what I'm saying? So why are we acting like this? And then it just came to keep pointing fingers, keep doing this, keep doing that, and then you see what it led to. Right. It led to chaos because uh, Trevon Hill was dismissed like the next day. Was you in the locker room when all that went down? Do you know what happened? Was was the stories of surrounding that bullshit or I was there? I feel like I feel like Trayvon Hill got a story to tell too. That his there. side never came out. I was there, and I and everybody knows what happened, and I firmly believe that he shouldn't have got kicked off the team for that. That was my roommate at the time. Obviously, people are gonna say my opinions are biased towards him, but like. What what was said was wrong, but at the same time, think about the situation we were in, what was going on, and it was like built-up confrontation. Like, he didn't just say something crazy to get kicked off the team and act a certain way for no reason. Like, it was a conversation uh, going back and forth with somebody, and it just kept building and building and building and building, and then eventually went over the top. And everybody mm-hmm. know the type of person Trayvon Hill is, if you have him arguing with you and shit going like that, you gotta leave him alone. If you don't leave him alone, it's gonna escalate the wrong way, and that and that's what happened. Yeah, and like you said, it was just homecoming in that area, and there was a lot of emotion in that game. Right, right. So, so Norfolk, like, not Norfolk nigga, he, he was on some Norfolk shit. Right, and, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Shout out them niggas. But you know how them niggas be, man. Like them North, them Norfolk niggas is different. Uh, like, I got I got a lot of experience. I'm I'm gonna put in this little boy. I grew up in Newport News, but uh, we don't we don't gamble, we don't mix, we don't do nothing with them dusty Norfolk niggas. We stay on this side of the water. <laughs> we already shout out Trayvon Hill. Trayvon yeah. Hill know he a dirty dusty Norfolk nigga. He know that. <laughs> shout out to him, man. Trayvon Hill, come on here and tell your story, bro. We got we got spot for you. Hey, I don't. But, uh, hey, Trey will get on this joint and air this shit. Oh, I. Trey will air this shit out. That's somebody you need to get on here soon, for real. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I felt like you, like, I like I go back to, we keep going back to the Sports Illustrated article, but if it, when they called y'all bad apples, I felt like they was talking directly to you, Trayvon Hill. Um, I think Mook Reynolds was involved in that, even though he wasn't part of the, uh, a, a part of the y'all that left. I felt like Mook Reynolds and Adonis Alexander was also, it was a shot at them too. I did not like the fact that they called y'all bad apples because to the best of my knowledge, none of y'all are criminals or nothing yeah. like that. The reason why they did that is because they needed to take the fire off Coach Fu's back. We had, to be, we had to be the scapegoat, which is okay because 
I, I'm not happy they didn't have a good season the following year, but I'm just glad he got to see that he couldn't use us as a scapegoat. To call somebody, he called one of the players. I'm pretty sure Chris was on the leadership council. I never was on that. I guess I wasn't a good enough role model to them, but <laughs> um, like you can't, you calling your starters bad apples. That doesn't make any sense. Right. And some of your star players too, like right, right. star players. I was a, I was a second leading receiver. So my my sophomore year it was Camp Phillips, I believe. Sean Savoy had more yards than me, and then I was a third sophomore year. Then junior year we had Dame at number one, and then it was me, and it was between Trey and Hezzy and Sean. It was them. So like, I mean, if I was a bad apple, how did I just every year I just kept leveling up? You feel me? Building my way up. And then because I felt like it was the best time for me to leave for my future, they said that I was a bad apple and this and that. But which is bullshit. Start as a bad apple. That's that's not a good team. A start as a bad apple. They tried to say while you was in the transfer portal on that tech that you was trying to convince recruits to not come to tech. That's bullshit, right? I know it's bullshit, but <laughs> I want the fans to hear you say it that it's bullshit. I think they were talking about Eugene Asante. I think he's from Chantilly somewhere in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. but you were speaking to him, telling him not to come to Tech. That's bullshit, right? All I got to say, and they can ask anybody in that facility, every single recruit I hosted on an official visit has committed to Virginia Tech. There it is. So they can say what they want. I know Bud would co-sign me on that. I, that's that's why I don't really get upset about anything, because I know Bud, Bud know what's up. And honestly, anybody that's in there, if Bud know what's up and Bud know the truth, you good. Right. Yeah. Now, the story with Asante, that was completely fan speculation and fake-ass insiders. Man, let me go in there on these fake-ass insiders. Y'all don't know shit. You hearing third-hand information from your cousin who you think is the insider. And then you come into the timeline like you Adam Schefter, you lame as fuck, my boy. Y'all lame as hell. <laughs> Stop doing stuff like that. Don't lie on people. People DMing me talking about some Eric Kuma is telling you Gina. You don't know that. Who you hearing that from? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I don't even I don't even remember Eugene coming on a visit when I was like like I know who he was because he played linebacker from around the way, but I wasn't his host. He ain't come to my house. Like he was on defense. I ain't really ever had a defensive guys. You feel me? So listen, they were saying that, and I, I remember this because it was you specifically in this Asante shit. And they were saying that if a player's in the transfer portal, he should not allow to still be on campus or in the city. Mm-hmm. They was trying to make it seem like we got somebody on campus negative actively recruiting against Virginia Tech. And I was just like, I never believed it for a second, by the way. Uh, y'all can go through my Twitter. My, my tweets speak for themselves. But um, so all that was bullshit, though, right? It was All that was not true for the record. 100% bullshit. I ain't never got nobody away from Tech at all. The only thing I can say that I ever got is somebody, and he still played football. I remember I met this nigga, Trey Turner, for the first time. And mm-hmm. this man was a hooper. He played for Chris Paul AAU team, right? So I meet him, blah, blah, blah. He like, he's skinny as hell, you know what I'm saying? Young skin. And that's my dog. Like, me and him talk all the time. He come up my way. Shout out, Trey, shout out Trey Turner. Trey Turner's nice. my dog. Like, So I seen this man. I'm like, bro, this nigga skinny as shit. I'm like, what you do? He said, I play receiver. I'm like, but what do you like? You hoop? He said, yeah, I hoop. 
I seen this man highlights. I said, you got D1 offers for basketball? He's like, yeah. I said, bro, go be a one and done. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, if I can hoop, like, I'm watching this highlights. Like, bro, if I can hoop like you, bro, I'm going to be a one and done. I'm going to the NBA. You feel me? Like, <laughs> yeah. But he, he was did. Like, he said he that. He felt like football. He felt like football was the best thing for him. I was happy for him. He came in and I was there for him. You feel me? But like, I tell him to this day, man, you should have hooped. Yeah. He did that's, say that basketball dope. was his favorite sport and shit like that. So I was kind of surprised. Turner. So nobody threatened to punch Trey Turner in the face. That was bullshit. Punch him in the face for what? For wanting to win the Marshall game. That was bullshit, right? You uh, can say it's bullshit. Uh, Everything in that article was bullshit. You can just confirm bull, it. Bullshit. People, we used to bet who was going to score more. We used to put money up who's going to score more and have more catches before the game. Competition. So we go out there and try harder. Yeah, that, I think me and Drift knew it was bullshit, but it's thousands of Hokie fans that thought somebody threatened Trey Turner. Somebody man, said yeah. it. Man, nobody, nobody in that lot. They don't matter what Trey do. Trey protected in that locker room. Ain't nobody messing with Trey. Mm-hmm. Well, the weird thing about that article that still rose me the wrong way is the quotes that they have. Like they, like the first line of the article is, "Don't do not catch a touchdown. If you catch a touchdown, I'm gonna have to fight you." Like I don't know I where they're getting the these. Yeah, I don't know where they got these quotes from. And that's why it's weird to me, too, because the games they're talking about, like you said, like you was playing in and you played well in, so I don't get where the where it came from. And, and, that's, the thing, like, and that's the thing, too, is like the games they're talking about with those quotes, I'm pretty sure I was ranked all ACC for uh perfect, whatever, that little PFF shit. You feel yeah, for the yeah, 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 yeah. Shits, them little weekly grades that don't mean nothing that be coming out, blah, blah, blah. Right. A, few those, a few of those games, I was – the all ACC on that shit. You feel me? And then mm. some of those games, I had touchdowns. And if you go back and look at tech games, pull up my drops. If I'm telling you not to catch shit, but I'm out there catching shit, I'm out there scoring, I'm out there blocking and playing with a broken hand. Like, if you if you got something to say about me, you try to judge me and hate me off that, then you just lame as shit. Right. Lame as fuck, man. Yeah, I, I want to, I want to, I don't want to apologize because that was the coaching staff. To the people that think that uh, the coaching staff had nothing to do with this and this was just some type of coinky dink that came to interview Bud Foster and ran across this culture where y'all was threatening to leave the team over bacon and shit. Um, I ain't even hear about that shit till today. That's why. The, the turkey bacon <laughs> shit. The turkey bacon shit was nasty. Like turkey bacon. We almost had a mutiny over turkey bacon. According to Sports Illustrated, uh, and people were saying, "Well, he's a journalist. Like, why would they make it up?" Okay, clickbait, <laughs> that clickbait yeah. shit, man. But uh, you went back to Tech in 2019. I was at that game in in the stands. Um, what was it like coming back to Blacksburg on the opposite side? Name that shit was lit, and it was because I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all seen on my Instagram. I got a video. I know when tech's going to run out. I did the shit for three years. You feel me? So I mm-hmm. waited. I listened. I know when that cameraman count down to three and tell him to go. So I ran out the same time they did. And that's when I got booed by 60,000. I got the video on my Instagram. That shit kind of 59, I ain't boo you, bro. I was, <laughs> I ain't boo you, bro. I cheered you, bro. Yeah, so that, that was lit. And then, um. Bud confused me that game because I definitely thought I was going to come out there and have press coverage and I was going to be able to have fun. 
But he did what he always do, smarter than the offensive coaches and played eight yards off inside with a linebacker shadowed over a little bit. So the quick out wasn't there. And so couldn't run my fades and my best route. So he did his thing, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that game was kind of spooky too. I remember it being somewhat close. Like it wasn't like we was in that motherfucker comfortable. Yeah, yeah, close to the end because uh, man, yeah, it was close to the end because Ryan Willis fumbled and then we got that back and then uh, I think our quarterback ran it in. It was all right. Yeah, game that game was a little bit too spooky. Mind you, yeah, we a bunch of tech fans with PTSD. We just seen the same <laughs> team beat us last year, so it was like they about to do this shit again. Yeah, so, and they got one of our best receivers that, that year. Yeah, like, they got one of our <laughs> with, with some inside information. Yeah, that was a, that was a scary game. I was holding my breath the whole time. Definitely spooky hours, but um, so why are you not in the NFL? Because you're an NFL receiver. Are they just like hating on you? What's going on with that? Um, nah, nah, they're not hating on me. Um, so basically, so I went to ODU and. I ended up, my knee wasn't fully back right. So with my knee not being fully back right, I decided to red shirt. And then mm-hmm. COVID, the next season, COVID came around and like March or whatever, that came around. So Miss spring ball, I ended up having a son. So I was back home with him. God bless. August came around. Yeah, August came around. We go back to school for ODU, end up getting shut down. We're one of the only schools in the country to cancel this whole season. So my senior season, my senior season part two, that was canceled. So then this season upcoming, you know what I'm saying? I was still eligible. I had a year to play another college. Like I could play right now. I got coaches still DMing me right now why they ain't camp asking me if I want to play, like college-wise. Mm-hmm. I got a year mm-hmm. left of ability. But um, I just started to take, like, just take some time off and be with my family, be with my kid. You know what I'm saying? I got my own little jewelry business going on right now, and I'm doing very, very well with that. So You said your own little jewelry. You popping right now, <laughs> boy. Yeah, so, like, I just feel like everything happened for a reason. Like, a lot of people be like, oh, you know, the haters be like, oh, you suck. Like, you don't even play no more. You ain't make it. I'm like, man, you dumb as shit. I'm choosing not to play right now. Like, you I work out. Exactly. I work out Monday through, and I graduated with two degrees. So, like, when them niggas be hating, I be like, bro, like, Hating that, like shit. That, that shit can't phase me because I'm doing what y'all wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I, I I watch your game and I know, and I'm nobody. I'm just a, I'm just a dusty nigga from Looper News, but I know you're an NFL. You got NFL size. You block, and you catch the fucking ball. Like a lot of people can't say they do those three things. And yeah. well. Doing well. And well, Washington football team. If you want to play for Washington football team, Washington football team, Eric Kuma, man. Some <laughs> of these people you got on that roster, bro. <laughs> shout out to uh the ones at the top of the roster. Uh the boy that played the boys that played Ohio State, Curtis Samuel, and uh Terry. the other one, Terry. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. But the mother nigga, come on, man. Stop it. But nah, like what a lot of people don't know. I mean, I'll tell y'all, but a lot of people don't know. So right now. I'm back at the crib, you know what I'm saying? I already finished school. I got all that done. So that was my main priority. Mm-hmm. My school had that done, so I got something to fall back on. I ended up getting this right. I ended up getting my jewelry business going. Um, just so the connections I made at tech and with all my people, like I've been doing really, really well in it. And so right now I work out Monday through Friday every morning for two hours. And so mm-hmm. I'm still training, I'm still in shape. I could play right now if I wanted to. But I'm still training. I'm still in shape. So right now, I'm just worrying on getting my business rolling, stay in shape. And then after this season over, if the time's right, 
I'll try out for something, whether it's the NFL, XFL, CFL. I don't think I'm done yet. But you never yeah. know the time comes. But you got right. options. You got you got options. Right, yeah. So y'all might see Kuma back out there in the day. If I'm back out there, y'all gonna <laughs> let y'all know where I'm gonna be at. Y'all you know what I'm saying? Real Listen, if, if 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 you get signed by Washington football team or the Panthers, we gotta take a trip down there for what camp, all that shit. Cause that'll be a legendary moment. You you are a legit NFL receiver. I felt like Damon Hazleton was also an NFL. Re- Is Damon Hazleton at camp somewhere? I don't know. Um, but I felt like you and Damon Hazleton were draft picks. Yes. And that and that's what we felt too. And I feel like that's why both of us left because yes. it was we knew what we were capable of doing, and we were just doing like as a team we were doing the opposite shit like it just never made sense to me if you know you have two receivers on the outside that you can't shadow both of them so some corners on the island mm-hmm. take advantage of it and we just we just never took advantage of our opportunities i personally don't think that 2018 season and it, it came to show and it just led to a lot of frustration like Come on, like Wiggs not getting up and leaving and going to Alabama for no reason, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he wasn't even leaving for Alabama. That's what a lot of people don't know. He was just leaving. He was leaving. <laughs> he had a job. Oh elsewhere. shit! He had a job elsewhere. If the Hokie fans want to do their research and try to figure out where he was going, Wiggs won't go to Alabama. He was going elsewhere, but Alabama said, "Nah, come on, I need you." He rerouted. He was headed north and had a reroute. And I feel like that whole receiving room, pretty much outside of Trey Turner and a few other the younger players, but you left, Sean Savoy left, I think before you. He, I mean, put in his transfer before you. Phil Patterson left after you. Mm-hmm. Damon Hazleton stayed one more season, played 2019. I think he was injured off and on, kind of got in food's doghouse, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, I was, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm dead serious. I feel like you, Hazleton, Trey Turner, Sean Savoy, and Hezzy. Oh, yeah, Hezzy left too. Y'all could have been, if y'all all y'all had stayed and everything, and everything works out, the greatest. Because Bucky and them was a trio. It, y'all was four or five deep. I'm dead serious when I say y'all was could have been the greatest group of receivers. We were five, six deep, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Deep as fuck. We had six players. We had six receivers that could play. And we would always be fresh. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, the starters would get more reps. But, like, we had, we had receivers that could play. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't even – it wasn't even about just having – we weren't throwing the ball to the receivers that were playing. So, it definitely didn't get mm. to throw the other niggas that we had ready. You feel me? Yeah, right. I got I got to ask, like, why do you think that is? Like, do you think that Corn likes just running the ball more, that he's he's comfortable with that, so he doesn't want to throw it and air it out like that? Like, why do you think they do that? Because I feel like they still do that with this current roster. I'm going to be honest with you. Not one player that played for Tech can answer that question because we ask each other that. Everybody mm. asked each other what you just asked me. I would ask Denmark. I would ask Dame. I'm like, hey, how come on third and eight here? And they, they impressed, man. We playing pit. It's third and eight. They impressed, man. And we running QB draw. Like, why do you, why do you think that, y'all? And then everybody asking each other that, like, 
it is we we don't know. We can't we don't have an answer to it. My my, uh, my uneducated and my uneducated answer would be turnovers. They scared of turnovers. That's my that's 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 yeah. my that would be my only guess. It's either that or they don't trust the quarterback. But at the same time, like isn't turn corn? Yeah, they rather punt than turn that bitch over. Right, but isn't corn and Fuente supposed to be like quarterback whispers? Like, how can you not trust the quarterback? So and they one quarterback they put on. Yeah, that's exact. That's facts too. We talk about that all the time. Uh, they put this. They put the scammer on. Uh, practice passing Lynch. Oh yeah, he <laughs> ran off. He ran off with a good what fifteen mil. Yeah, yeah, I think more than that. Yeah, he was the yeah, first round yeah. pick, wasn't he? That boy hit a sweet lick. Sweet lick. Shout out to all the tall white boys that suck at football, but still get them big bags. <laughs> hey, we salute. We hey, salute. Yo. Hey, now you got Gerard picture on your joint, bro. I swear Gerard was way better than Buddy from UNC. What's his name? Uh, Trubis- Mitch Trubisky. Mitch yeah. Trubisky. Bro, when we went to UNC, yo, he was ass. I know it was facts. raining, but he was ass. Big facts. Like, really ass. Big facts. And I why did, did Gerard? Why did Gerard Evans leave? Oh, you can't tell Gerard nothing. I, I like Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the coach's fault. I'm tell you that right now. Gerard leaving had nothing to do with the coaches. Had nothing to do with the play. It, it was all Gerard. That if Gerard say he gonna do some, he gonna do. My first time meeting Gerard early in Rowley, we on the bus. He telling everybody he the starting quarterback for Virginia Tech. Before taking a practice rep, before knowing a play, any he said I'm the starting quarterback for Virginia Tech. Hey Gerard, how long you gonna be here? I promise you, this is my last year. Before he, before he played a down, he said it was his last year. Like, <laughs> you weren't telling him nothing, man. Gerard Evans is a hokey legend. We was talking about Gerard with Quay, and um, I asked him basically the same question. I just asked you, why did he leave? And um, a lot of fans had speculated that he had brothers and sisters to feed. and We all got people to feed, but they tried to make it seem like that's why he left because he had a whole bunch of brothers and sisters to feed and shit like that. But you saying basically he knew he that's was leaving he before money. he took a snap. He come from money. Okay. He had money. That one. I mean, that might be the. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, my parents got money, but I still say I'm trying to feed them. You know, that's just a that's just a little cover up. Yeah, right. shout, man, shout out Gerard Evans, a legend. They need to they need to make that situation right and invite that man back on campus. Let him. You, Let them talk you, to the youngins or something. That team would have been like if everybody came back. Oh, y'all in 2017? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, y'all would have been. Oh, we. Oh man. That, you opened the old wounds up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and shout out Josh Jackson, but Josh yeah, Jackson is no Gerard Evans. Fact, that's facts. And, and that's another thing people in the article say I'm selfish and you know, sound arrogant, this and that. I'm sitting here telling y'all I wish them boys would have came back. Because right. if Bucky, if Bucky could have came back and Zay could have came back. Now that mm-hmm. that trio after another year of me getting to develop, Bill Patterson, and we just gonna keep learning off them. They was dogs, you know what I'm saying? We respect dogs. that. Like we knew that. We were like these dudes are dogs. Like we knew that. So us being there behind them, we learned so much. If they would have came back and Gerard, and Gerard, and you talking about the last great tech defense where you had Mook Reynolds. You had the Edmonds brothers. You had Tim Settle. You had 
that was a hell, that was a yeah. star-studded team. All they needed was Gerard. All y'all needed was Gerard Evans. Practice for the receivers with that defense was ridiculous. I remember my freshman year, yo. My first rep was against Faison. Then I went mm. against Don. Then I went against Terrell. Then I went against Chuck. And then I went against Mook. I'm like, God, mm. like, it, where, where the weakness at? <laughs> you know, like, damn. <laughs> you going against dogs every day, and that's just like – that defense was just ridiculous. So, he had Maine and Drew at linebacker. And, you know, yeah, you know, Tim, that's my dog to the grave. And, Shout you know, out Tim said. My dog, Big Tim. He, he causing havoc no matter what the situation. Those defenses were just different than they are nowadays. And I think that's kind of the sad part about being a Tech fan. It's like looking back at those defenses, when you say like all those DBs deep and you look at the rosters now, it's like I can't say the same thing about the rosters now. But, yeah, and it's not – it's not Tech's – all right, no, 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 no. It's Tech's fault for letting Wilds go. I'll say that. They fucked up doing that. Mm-hmm. They couldn't let Coach Wilds go. Because while Wiles led a game of football and he could have kept bringing in, you know what I'm saying? Like, he could have kept that old foundation going. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just different now because, like, when Bud leave, like, you can't expect somebody. And Coach Ham is a great coach, my guy. Like, I respect Coach Ham to the roof. But you can't mm-hmm. expect somebody to come in and replace Bud. That's some right. big shoes mm-hmm. to fill. You feel like that? Cause you know, like you're like, oh, we have Bud Foster, we have Bud Foster, we have Bud Foster. So as soon as Coach Ham make one mistake, you getting bashed. Cause it's oh, we had Bud. It's like that was, and for him to be able to step in and take that role and take that job and do it as well as he's doing right now, still learning and stuff, it just shows how like good a character he has. Right, but Bud was like the best coordinator in college football. Uh, right, make a case of all time. But, like he was like that. Yeah, so. like. That's, that's it's, it's hard. You can't be a legend, man. So, like, trying to replace the legend, that ain't never sweet. It ain't never no cakewalk, you know. I, I was of the opinion that before they even brought Fuente and his staff in, they should have let Bud wear the crown for at least a year or two and then bring in another coach if it didn't work out. Um, making Bud be Fuente's DC, I, I never felt like. Bud gonna do his job. Bud gonna go hard. Bud bleeds maroon. But I just felt like the merge never worked because of the personalities. Bud is an alpha, and Fuente's kind of passive aggressive. I won't call him a beta, but he's he's kind of passive aggressive. He kind of socially awkward, all that shit. While Bud is a real like Bud is a man, and no other way else to put it. So shout out Bud Foster, man, a legend. Yeah, I. Uh, uh. You know what I'm saying? I thought Bud was going to get the job, like, when I found out all that news, you know what I'm saying, about, like, Beamer retiring this and that. I thought Bud was going to get it. Um, I never really asked him his personal opinion, like, oh, did he want to get it or anything, like, stuff like that. But I feel like, yeah, he should have got it. Out of respect. Out of respect. Just let him run with the – let him take the ball, run with that shit. Because I remember a long time ago, Bud said he was going to install some Oregon offense or some shit. Had he had this. <laughs> and he had the uh he he said this shit years ago like if Frank ever lead his bitch and I get the head coach we run that Oregon offense but that's when Chip Kelly was running Oregon offense he was scoring sixty a game so yeah. shout out Bud Foster yeah Bud Bud a goat man that's a goat definitely a goat what got you in the jewelry like what got you in the uh jewel jewelry in the first place 
Oh, so. So I mean, I don't know if you. I know we follow each other on uh Twitter, but um on Instagram, I mean, my boy, my boy Zay, he on my page. Um, so he when I got to ODU, he's really big mm. on like media marketing and stuff like that. So, and I went to elementary school with him, middle school, high school with him, and so like we were never close back then. But then we ended up getting close, and I got to ODU. We ended up living together, blah blah blah. Me, him, Chris Cunningham. So. I was just around him a lot, and he did that marketing stuff. And I was, I had a name, I had a face, you know. what I'm saying I, I'm good mm-hmm, at marketing, right. doing stuff like that. So me and him ended up just clicking. We ended up working together, just marketing, boom, 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 this and that. And then he was randomly in the mall one day, and he walked by this person. I was at a jewelry store. He ended up saying, "Hey, you and my boy Kuma would make like a great connect. We should try to link y'all up." I ended up going mm-hmm. to the jewelry store. I went in the jewelry store, had a good conversation with them, told them who I knew, what I was able to do, blah blah blah. So we ended up locking in, and then we ended up everything ended up started working. Um, we ended up building a good relationship with the store with the uh, the son's owner. He's like my age, my boy Ro. So we became partners, and then within my first my first year anniversary, that's coming up on the twenty seventh, and my first year I closed over two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of sales. So holy shit! Yeah, mm. so, damn. Black excellence. Yeah. Black excellence. Hell yeah, good shit. So when they seen me be able to do that, we um. We locked in. Like we had, we had a meeting last week. Actually, uh, we're gonna release the news on social media next week, like on my page. But I just locked in with them for like the next eight years. So I'm gonna be partnered with that jewelry store. We're gonna be networking. We're gonna be doing this and that. You know, what I'm saying I handled like the custom stuff and all that. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. That's why I took a little fall. Right. Excellent. Uh, yeah, 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 bro. Yeah. Like I said, when I saw three old black treat uh, tweet you. And I li- I lived in, in PG Maryland for eight years. Like I lived right outside Southeast DC. I lived in Suitland. So mm-hmm. everybody, everybody in DC and PG know who Three O Black is. I I think shit. Everybody in the country know who Three O Black because he went viral last year. Yeah, the all talk. all talk, all talk. He went viral last year with that all talk clip. So I felt like shit. This this is big right here. Um. And what, what's crazy about three o though? What's crazy is about three o. I met three o because of the Florida State game, and so okay. like, so that Florida State game when I broke that crazy touchdown, three o mm-hmm. put on his story and was like, "Yeah, it's too easy, blah blah blah." But he didn't know me at the time, so I just swiped up on that joint. I was like, "Yeah, that shit easy." Boom boom boom. We ended up following each other. <laughs> and we ended up talking every now and then, blah blah blah. I post his music because I fuck with his music, so. I, I just show love, mm. post music, like, yeah, y'all fuck with 3-0, blah, 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 if you ain't heard of them already. Boom. So the relationship just kept building, kept building. Then I got into this jewelry joint, and then he hit me up. Like, we were just talking about it. I said, look, bro, I, I'm locked in with this jewelry shit. So, like, I'm telling you, I got you. And so he put his trust in me right now. He dropped his deposit off last week. So his custom piece is going to be ready, like, September 22nd. So... When that joint dropped, shout out, shout out, out yeah. 3 and, and is 3 a Hokie fan? Cause that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I don't know that one, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's a Hokie fan or if he was just having to be watching football that day or something. But okay. I know he's a diehard Skins fan. Cause so this season when I'm at uh, the Skins game, support my boy Tim. I, I know he already probably got his season ticket, so I'll definitely be seeing him out there. Yeah, How do the man, connections work with? Yeah, how do how do the connections work with like some of your friends being in the NFL? Uh, it works great because, all right. So jewelry is like 
you get to mark it up as much as you want because it's rare. You get what I'm saying? And right. it, like people don't have that jewelry connect. So with me being able to get in the, my foot in the door with the jewelry connect, be able to learn the things that I'm learning, knowing the things that I know, like I be seeing like these jewelers be charging way too much. And diamonds are expensive, don't get me wrong. But the prices mm-hmm. that the jewelers charge is ridiculous through the roof. So when I was sitting there like, okay, I know they getting, for example, they getting something for 5000 but in the jewelry game, you're supposed to sell it at 200% profit. Mm. So they are taxing. You feel me? So if I get it, I'm not going to – my NFL guys, my friends, my family that I'm close with, you get it for what I get it for. But I, if, if I don't know you, I'm not going to charge you 200%. And that's how I've been able to close so many deals just in my first year is because I'm able to be able to help people. back. Like These jewelers take all the young athletes' money. They take all these rappers, mm. they see money, and they're like, oh, they want to be flashy, so they feel they can take advantage of them. And so with me being in the game now, I eliminate that. And I'm one of the only black jewelers in America, so it's like I'm a black jeweler that played Division One football, actually has experience, knows what it takes, and he's been in y'all's shoes before, so why would you go elsewhere when you got somebody right here that's going to take care of you and know where you're coming from? You feel right. Me? And you're in a pretty good regionally, like regionally, you're in a good spot. You got a lot of connections over there and a lot of NFL teams over there. A lot of people trying to hit you up. So that's good. That's good, bro. Yeah, not nah, for real. Like I really, I really took off with this jewelry because of uh, Tim Settle and Christian Derisaw. So they, um. Shout out Christian Derisaw. Yeah, I'm actually going to see Christian Derisaw this Saturday. I'm flying out to Minnesota to go watch his game and I'm delivering him some jewelry pieces this weekend. So like him. Just him putting his trust in me and then being able to, like, post all that stuff I got to post with him being in the draft and getting picked and getting that pendant from me, that helped me tremendously. And then Tim just kept putting his trust in me, getting a whole bunch of new pieces that he'd been thinking about getting from other people. And then the time just came where I was able to produce those pieces. So him being able to trust in me and my boy Zay getting that marketing behind it, it's just been – we've just been doing that thing. Yep, black excellence. We salute all black excellence over here at Don V Fridays out here getting people. And, and clearly, you you connected with the right people. You ain't out here fucking with that foo foo. You out here on that real deal. <laughs> real diesel. All my that dog- real deal. <laughs> my advice to anybody. I don't care if you shop with me. I don't care who you go to. Pick your jewelry. Mm-hmm. I respect it. I don't knock no other man's hustle. Do not buy no jewelry without GIA certification. If you are, you are not getting what you think you are buying. That's just my mm. advice to help you, whether it comes to wedding rings, custom pieces, watches, whatever. Any jeweler that's an actual jeweler can provide you with GIA certification. And if they yeah, can, they should be able to provide that. Any jeweler that has their license can do it. So if they tell you they can't, they lying to you because they're not giving you what they say. They they selling you that soldier boy shit if they can't provide that. The soldier boy got like you I I feel like you got an ad for the game. The soldier boy got bullshit chains. You can tell us. <laughs> he got so much shit you don't know, man. Like, <laughs> like he it got just be sounding like pots and pans and shit. That's but that's because he get like all right, so when them joints be sounding like pots and pans like that, it's cause they hollow on the inside. So like They'll make a cage. It'll be like a cage instead of a solid block of gold. 
And right. so the diamonds will be pressed. So like if you click, if you flick it, you can hear the inside because there's nothing but air in there. You feel me? So when they're hitting together, you hear that. So he he might he probably don't got no fake shit. He just got some like some light shit, but them diamonds in there, yeah, them shit's mm-hmm. hitting. Them joints be hitting. I yeah. Oh yeah, the di- oh he be shining. Yeah. But it just sound like he got some canned goods hanging off his neck. I be like, what the fuck going on, Big Draco? I- yeah, I feel like yeah, Big Draco. He's had money too long to have some fake shit though. But see, that's the perfect. That's the perfect front though, because people would think he got the money, but he fake. And listen, shout out Big Draco. I don't want no smoke. This nigga might get on <laughs> do a twenty minute IG rant, calling me a bitch. But uh, what would you buy the ask, Drew? I was gonna say like how how long did it take you to get into the game and like learn everything? Like, was it easy for you? Was it quick? It come quick to you or? Like, how long did it take? Right that first month, I put every, like, I didn't do nothing but jewelry that whole first month. Mm. So, when I, when I, when Zay told me what was going on, and I sat there and had that meeting with him, I knew, like, it was, then now this was right when ODU canceled their season. So, mm. I had no senior season. I had classes online that I was going to take. So when you have no senior season and I didn't play the year before I was hurt, you think your football career is done. So it was like, all right, I got this jewelry opportunity sitting right in front of me. Let me just sit down, grind, finish my schoolwork, do that. And then I ended up working out in my favor for me. That's good, bro. That's good. Well, you're doing stuff that you like doing. And like a lot of people look at college football players as just a football player, not a person that's actually doing the shit that they want to do. So. I'm glad you're following your, your, your shit. Boss. Yes, sir. Boss. Out here, out here. You're doing good, man. God bless. Having a son is also blessings. I don't have any kids, but having a son is also blessings. You got you got a lot of good things going for you that I still think the NFL need to at least holler at you. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like I, maybe I'm just selfish. I just, well, I just want to see you play in the NFL, but... um. Now that's we want to thank you. Go ahead. It's always been a goal of mine, you know what I'm saying? But like, it's a goal of mine since a kid. But at the same time, I've had three knee surgeries, like mm-hmm. five diagnosed concussions. Like being able to go outside, play with my kid, you know what I'm saying? Being able to get up, live a normal life, and still be good because I'm handling my business financially wise with my career and my job. But like, just being able to do that is cool. Because any athlete would tell you like. When you at when I was at Tech at least, and I know there was at least ten other guys on the team doing this with me. You taking four pills before practice to make it through. You taking mm. four pills after practice to feel better, and then you pop mm. pills before you go to sleep, and then when you Damn. wake up, and, and then when you wake up in the morning. So it's like, and I don't mean no wild pills. I'm talking about like Tylenol, ibuprofen. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, it's still medication regardless. Yeah, you're taking, you're taking. So I was taking that every day. From my first knee surgery, my sophomore year, until two until a year ago. So for over a three four year span, it's, your body's taking all that pills. Your body's been going through all that, and it's not good for you. So like, just yeah. being able to have that time to take away from the game and come back to myself, and just you know what I'm saying live a normal life, it, it opened a lot of doors for me. It was a blessing. Yeah, well, that is a blessing. We want to thank you for coming on Don V Fridays. What's all your, your what's your Instagram, your your Twitter, your TikTok, all that? Research, research. Your, uh, my Instagram is Kuma the Jeweler, and then my Twitter is like Eric underscore Kuma Eleven. 
I don't got a TikTok yet, but y'all just stay tuned. Tune into my Instagram. I promise, like, within the next two months, how much I'm about to level up going to be crazy. But I got a question for y'all, though. Are y'all going to be at okay. the Tech game? On, I know y'all going to be at the UNC game. Ain't no way y'all not going to be there. Fuck no, I ain't going there. Yeah, I actually I'm back I can't in the seven five, man. I'm chilling, man. Oh, I might go to when we play Georgia Tech in Atlanta. That might be the only game I go to this season. Oh yeah, yeah. just letting y'all know, man. I appreciate y'all having me on here, showing none but love. So I'm still whether Foo and them like it or not, I'm still connected with the ticket. So y'all boys, <laughs> you gonna be listen? You gonna be known in the tech world. Way long after these motherfuckers is gone, let me tell you that much. Yeah, that's uh, they, they might look back. They gonna. I think it, when history, when the history, uh, I, I, I guess when history, when it's all said and done, they gonna look back and say we took the side of a. I don't want to call your former coach a goofy, but we took the former. We took the side of that man over the athletes that actually blood, sweat, tear, took pills, all that crazy shit. Um. We want to thank you for coming on, man. Kuma, the jeweler on IG. I'm about to follow. I'm about to follow around. We don't. We, we about to, I want to be here before you blow up and when you <laughs> a celebrity. I'm telling y'all, it's the next two months. My, my word, the next two months, 2022, I'm on I'm on private jet vibes. You feel me? Like, already, oh, I already know you. Oh, lit. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably, probably about to be like Ricardo Young. Shout out Ricardo Young, another DMV hoagie. About to be popping on the gram like that, nigga, man. Yeah, shout out, shout out to all the DMV hoagies. I ain't gonna forget, dude. I'm not gonna forget y'all. Y'all was real. Don't forget us, little poor broke, dirty, dusty niggas, man. Don't even trip. My first, my first big party, my first big party. I throw mansion party. I got y'all, man. Y'all set up shopping there, though. We gonna run a little podcast while y'all in the party, though. All right, for sure, for sure. Still, man. <laughs> y'all, y'all follow me on the gram, you know what I'm saying? Make sure y'all too follow me. I'm gonna follow y'all back. So, oh, we got you. We got you. At Kuma the Jeweler on IG. Man, my I'm IG a... drags hell. I'm a Twitter nigga, honestly. <laughs> I feel you. I'm gonna show you some love, yo. I'm gonna show you some love. I well, got that's you. That's it for Davi Fridays, y'all. Till next week. God bless.